0: The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel because they're safe and secure. They offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same-game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado. Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from The Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of The Action Network. Huge, huge show today for a lot of people in sports, for a lot of sports fans, for people who are relatively new to this podcast over, say, the last eight, nine months since we joined The Volume and uh, who might have come to us during football season. If you are a new better and you're just sort of experiencing the joys of being a casual better. March Madness is amazing. Conference Tournament Week might be even better. Because of that, because it is Conference Tournament Week for the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, plus all the, some other conferences that like you might not have been paying attention to, we're going to dedicate this show to betting the conference tournaments. Simon Hunter, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, He's back from his world tour. We're going to talk for a second. After he's done, we're going to bring in uh, two of Action Network's college basketball analysts, uh, BJ Cunningham and the one name Wonder, the original Action Network analyst, Stucky. But first, Simon, we've had you in Cuba. We've had you in Belize. We've had you in Cozumel. We've had you from a balcony. We've had you from a beach. We've had you from your hotel room. You are now safely back in southern Jersey, South Jersey, as they say. Welcome home, brother.
1: It's good to be back, Chad. Missed America, little things, but as I got back here, it was overcast, 40 degrees in Philadelphia. And I was thinking, well, what am I doing? Why did I come back? No, it's good to be back to reality. I felt like I felt it slipping away a little bit when I was out there, like. I might never come back. I was about to pull a Vincent Chase and just disappear to some island and just uh, live it up. But no, it's good to be back, especially as it's about to be March Madness. As a gambler, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I lose a ton of money or I win a ton of money. There's no in between.
0: Well, I'm glad you're back, Simon. It's funny. You say it's 40 degrees and overcast in Philly. Yesterday, it was 60 degrees and relatively overcast in Connecticut. And it was so nice. And I was so happy. I got I walked the dog later in the day. And I came back and I told my wife, I need you to commit to me right now. I need you right now to commit. Our younger son is finishing his freshman year in high school. That means three more years. That means three more winters. That means 18 months of winter. I need you to commit to me right now that when he graduates, we can start living somewhere else for six months of the year. I cannot do winters. I cannot do below 50 degrees anymore. I'm getting older. I've always been sensitive to the cold. I can't function in this environment anymore. I don't know why you came back.
1: Gotta gotta go to Cozumel, man. Half the people, that's what they do. They're like New Yorkers, they're over from Connecticut. You're not the only one with that thinking pattern.
0: All right, well, I'm glad you're back, Simon. Now I wanna bring in BJ Cunningham, who is one of our Action Network analysts. He covers literally everything. The guy used to be an accountant. Another one of those accountants that we saved from the trash heap of accountancy, him and Chris Rabon. We saved their lives and gave them a chance to do something smart with their numbers that they enjoy. That is betting aggressively and betting often and telling you about everything they do. BJ, another great college basketball year. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm wonderful. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the accounting thing because I was moving some stuff around my house the other day and I found my old uh, CPA exam textbooks that are completely outdated. And I looked at them, I was like, man, I really hope that I never have to go back and doing that. So I guess I got to say, once again, I should be thanking every single day for, for saving me from that. I'm really excited for conference tournament time. You know, for people who are just betting for the first time, there are so many games over this, this next week to bet on. It's, it's almost obviously the NCAA tournament is fantastic and the drama is great, but there is so much more action and chances to get bets in this week. And it's going to be a ton, a ton of fun. Do you get itchy at this time of year because it's, account, it's a tax season? No, I, I used to be an auditor, so I didn't never had to do taxes. And actually, I have somebody to do my own taxes because uh, they're actually quite complicated and I don't really want to spend the time to try and figure them out nowadays because there's obviously so many new regulations and everything like that. Well, you're welcome. Stucky,
0: it is great to have you on, brother. I need Bro. you to explain to people, when we started Action Network, when I left ESPN in September of 2017... My first week on the job, I went to New York. On a Tuesday night, I had dinner with this dude named Stucky, who was like a quasi-analyst that had been hired before I was, before there was even a company. He was a guy that was discovered in message boards, working in finance, and he was hiding under the cloak of darkness in a fake name. We're having dinner at a barbecue joint in the city, and he looks at me and goes, so who's going to be my boss? I'm like, I guess that's going to be me, buddy. We're five years later almost. Stucky continues to be the heart and soul of the Action Network. And what I love is obviously Stucky is not your real name, but you should explain to people how you got the name and why it's germane to this conversation.
2: Yeah, I left. I left a, a job in finance for like eight years um, when we were first starting. To, and uh, fortunately, it worked out. Um, still here and still kicking. And it's my favorite month of the year. I've been betting college basketball, I mean, since I was in, I mean, almost daily during the season, since, uh, I don't know, freshman year in high school. And, and back in 2003, I started posting on fo- on like forums, like, I, I won't name any of them, but, uh, you know, you like message boards, you post your picks, and then your reasoning for it, and then everyone kind of interacts, like emojis before emojis, you post, like, money bags. We, we, a couple of us started to try to start our own forum, so we got banned from this one forum. My original name on that was a hilarious old AOL name. But when I came back to the forum, mid 2000s, Rodney Stuckey was one of my favorite college basketball players, went to Eastern Washington University. So I just literally was creating a username and I would won money on Eastern Washington um, that night. So I just created my account and named picked uh, Stuckey and that was I was it. Um, now it's Stucky too on Twitter because someone took Stucky that has never there's tweeted like one time like 15 years ago. And then it just stuck, no pun intended. And you know, now like all my friends, my colleagues, step that people, that's what people call me. Um, and that's how it started. And then I, you know, I built a big following up on the forums, and then you know, they kind of got like toxic. So I was like, I'm I'm just going to Twitter, I'll post my plays on Twitter. A lot of people follow me there build a following. I was a pro- completely private. And then now here we are talking conference tournaments.
0: I think it's appropriate that when we're talking conference tournaments, and again, we're going to talk ACC, SEC, big 10, et cetera. We're going to throw in a couple of wild cards there that go deeper. The fact that your nickname is now based on a guy who played for Eastern Washington and was playing for a team on which you want to bet. And 20 years later, that's still your nickname. That shows you how deep we go into college basketball at the Action Network and the quality of the information you can count on on this podcast. Let's just let her rip. There's a big five, essentially ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, right? So this past Saturday, we had Duke, North Carolina, Coach K's last game. The Iron Five from North Carolina play the entire second half. They come back. They have a 23-point turnaround. They win that game. Stock, we'll start with you. Handicap the
2: ACC tournament right now. I think that there's potential to maybe take a long shot. Not none of the crazy long shots to play on the in the first day. There's the ACC is very down this year. So if you're used to the ACC being one of the best conferences in the country, it's not this year. You have Duke safely in, and then it's like a bunch of teams that are on the bubble. Like even Carolina, I think they're safely in now, but they were considered on the bubble like a week ago. Bottom of there's been a lot of injuries, there's a lot of turnover in the conference. The bottom of the conference is just horrendous, and they play on Tuesday. Those teams would have to win five games in five days, not happening. But the teams that play in the second round, I you know, opposite of Duke, I think Duke after that Carolina loss, you're gonna come in here, I think, with a sense of purpose. So uh, when I look at this bracket, okay, I want to from a future perspective, I want to attack the bottom half of the bracket where Duke isn't and where Carolina is. Coming off of that huge Duke win, is there an emotional letdown? And, 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 by the way, Carolina, Jekyll and Hyde all year, very inconsistent team. They don't really defend consistently. This is a team that, look, went to Duke and won to spoil Coach Case party. But they also lost at home to Pitt. Um, you know, and I can go on and on for examples. I would look at one of the two Virginia schools, Virginia or Virginia Tech. They both play in the second round. And Virginia Tech, if they win, would get Notre Dame. Virginia, if they win, would get North Carolina. Um, And both teams should advance to those games in the quarterfinals. uh, I kind of prefer Virginia tech. It's a team that can shoot. It's a team that has, that is well coached. Now winning four games in four days is not easy, but both of those teams play extremely slow and that's going to help with legs because there's going to be limited possession. So it's not a team that's running up and down the court, relying on athleticism, limited possession games, Virginia tech kind of underachieved this year but the potential is there. I like their path. That's who I prefer. I could see the argument also for Virginia. You can get them, I don't know, 10, 12 to one. I think I actually 13, 14 to one. You can get Virginia tech around 10, 12 to one. And, you know, Virginia is going to grind games down to a halt. Their defense isn't as good as in years past. They're still well coached. They've competed with the best teams in the conference. I think that's where I would look from a futures perspective. I personally uh, have a flyer on uh, the Hokies of Virginia Tech who probably need to win this or get to the final to get into the dance. And so they're going to be super motivated. And uh, I think that their path is, is favorable.
0: BJ, you were shaking your head. Before you respond, I would like to know, if not the ACC, which it's clearly not, who do we think is the best, the best conference in college basketball this year?
1: Well, personally, I would say the Big Ten, and that's my heart, but it's probably the SEC. The SEC is, I, I would Thank imagine, you. You, know, you know, you're welcome. Uh, you know, the four best teams in the SEC are clearly, you know, way better than, you know, the top four in the Big Ten right now. So I would say the SEC is, is far and away probably the best conference. But the reason I was shaking my head is because I literally had Virginia Tech and Virginia written down right here. So, so I'm going to just, you know, echo what Stucky said. You know, Virginia Tech, really good three-point shooting team shooting over 38% from behind the arc this season. They spaced the floor really well. They're really good shot selection. They're unbelievable in the half court. Actually, number one in the ACC in points per possession in the half court, both on offense and on defense. So it's a really, really good team that you're getting at 10-1 to who, like Stucky said, has been underachieving this season. They've gotten unlucky in a lot of of games. That one game against North Carolina that they lost at home, Uh, if you look at the analytics site, shot quality, they actually should have won that game even though they lost based on the quality of their shots. So, at 10 to 1, they're they're a really good price especially being in the bottom half of the bracket getting to avoid Duke and then obviously Virginia as well. What's weird about Virginia is they're not really taking very many threes this year. They actually have one of the lowest three-point rates uh in the country. So, but they've been banging teams downside pretty uh, pretty well. So, playing that slow pace, getting the ball inside, uh they could cause some problems Send their ball also in the bottom half of the bracket. And you know, you look at Wake Forest and Notre Dame, they're you know, a little bit of a paper tiger, not really uh, as good as their, their ranking shows. So uh, for me, I'm with Stucky. uh, the two Virginia schools was where I'd go in the ACC. By the
0: way, a reminder, we've got a seven part conference tourney podcast, big bets on campus. If you want to go even deeper on everything we're talking about, that is the place to go. Seven part conference tourney podcast, big bets on campus. All right. So we talked about the ACC. For those who are listening, Simon, on his return from his international travels, is having incredible tech difficulties. So he has dropped out of the podcast. But the stars of the show, anyways, are BJ and Stucky. BJ, you mentioned the SEC is probably the best conference. Great at the top. You know, Auburn having an incredible year. Kentucky having an incredible year. Start with you. Handicap the SEC
1: right now. Yeah, so obviously the top four seeds, I, I believe, are you know kind of a notch above the rest of the conference. But if you're looking at the odds, I don't think there's really much value in taking one of the top four seeds. Instead, I think there's a couple chances you can take down the board on some teams to potentially get hot. Alabama is one of them at 15 to one. I'm kind of targeting. It's it's a really good offense. They're 12th in the country in adjusted defense or offensive efficiency. And the problem is with them is that they take a high number of three pointers but they're only hitting around 31% for the season. And a lot of, you know, regression stats tell you that they should be shooting a little bit better. And if you look through all their results, they've hung with these top four teams, you know, the first one that comes to mind is uh, the game in K- at Kentucky and Lexington, where they just came out firing and hit a ton of threes at the beginning, got a huge lead on Kentucky and then ended up faltering down, down the stretch. And even in that first meeting against Kentucky, They lost by 11 at home, but shot three of 30 from behind the arc. So if shooting regression comes back for them a little bit, they're going to play Kentucky uh, in the next round after they get by either Vanderbilt or Georgia. If they have a good shooting night, they can get hot and they can run right through this tournament and really beat anybody at the top. But other than that, LSU is kind of interesting at 10 to one. I'd like a little bit of a better price. It's one of the best defensive teams in the country. They're fifth in uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. They actually should have just beaten Arkansas and they play them uh in the next round so for me if you're looking for a team to get hot and run through this tournament alabama is there the other top four seeds look they're obviously top four for a reason they're all under 10 to 1 for a reason i really don't think there's much value in taking them because they've really just traded all all season long uh and a lot of them what's funny if, if you look at for example like auburn and tennessee they've been if, if look if the entire tournament was played in knoxville or auburn like one of those teams might win the actual NCAA tournament but that's not the case. They haven't been that great away from home. So, uh, for me, even though Kentucky's the three seed, they're clearly, in my opinion, I think the best team in the conference. But at a price of plus 190, I'm definitely not playing them. So, Alabama 15 to 1 uh, as a shot would
2: be where I'm going in the SEC. When you look, Would you want to look for long shots, like Alabama would be the one. Uh, there's not enough, not enough for me there. I mean, they did hang with Kentucky, but Kentucky was down two of their starters in. in Lexington and they shot three for 30, but Alabama shoots a ton of threes, right? And what you want with some of these long shots is high variance teams. So either low possessions, which is going to create more variance and a tighter, you know, fewer possession game or a lot of three pointers. So teams that shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. If you get hot, especially you're playing in the same building for a couple of days, you can make a run from three. It's the great equalizer, but I don't see anyone make a run. This could be incredible, incredible semis. It could be the best semis uh, of the week. You could have, Kentucky Tennessee part three they each blew each other out and then you could have Auburn Arkansas part two Arkansas upset them in overtime like dunked on their face at the end of I don't know if some of you might have seen his clip like the crowd stormed the court it was pretty wild could have those two semis but something to keep in mind here like Kentucky I think is clearly the best team in the conference they're plus around plus 200, two to one odds. So if you bet like, uh, you know, $100 and they want it, it'll be 200. Something to keep in mind, and, and this might be a little complex for some, but sometimes you want to look at like a, what's called a money line rollover. Like the odds being offered from a futures perspective, it might actually make more sense to just bet that team on the money line in the first game, take what you won and bet, and then do it in the second game. For example, Kentucky's plus 200, right? They're going to have to beat Alabama – then presumably Tennessee, and then Auburn. Those are three hard games, and they're plus 200. So they're probably going to be like seven-point favorites and like three-and-a-half-point favorites, and then like, uh, I I don't know, two-point favorites. So you're talking minus 300, minus 160, minus 130. Parlay them together, which was was what you do with a Moneyline rollover. It's three-to-one odds. So there's just no value in that number of plus 200. It's not that simple because there could be an upset elsewhere, but I don't see too many upsets here in the SEC – The top, the cream of the crop of this conference is excellent. They're going to have a say come the actual tournament as well. I think Kentucky ends up beating Auburn in the final. It's chalky, so no futures here for me.
0: I like that idea. A money line rollover on Alabama. That's more fun than what BJ said. BJ is just like, yeah, go ahead, take Alabama. Money line rollover. Because of that answer stuck, you get to start on my favorite conference, the Big Ten.
2: Yeah, Big Ten is a really interesting conference because, well, it's, it's deep and it's, it's one of the best, as B.J. alluded to, but there's a uh, big question mark headed into it. If anyone watched the games yesterday, one of the best players in the country, Johnny Davis for Wisconsin, went down. And with an injury, didn't play. They got upset by Nebraska at home. They had a chance to clinch the one seed, and they just melted down. They scored two points over the final six minutes. Without him, this isn't an, even an NIT team. I mean, they are horrendous. He's one of the best players in the country. I haven't heard anything on his status, but that's enormous. They're the two seed in the bottom half of the bracket. So when I first look at this bracket, I say, okay, I kind of want to attack this bottom half because Wisconsin's a very weak too. I mean, but the market has adjusted. They're 10 to one, and they're the two seed. You know, they're going to play the winner of Michigan State, Maryland. I, I don't really trust either one of those teams. Um, Michigan State, Maryland just played each other. Ohio State's been struggling um, of late. And then you have Purdue. So, I, you know, I think Purdue is going to walk to the final in the bottom half. But I just don't see a ton of value with them. So moving to the top. So it was just really unfortunate how it worked out with Wisconsin because they're extremely vulnerable. They were already extremely vulnerable. They're a very lucky team. Uh, coming into this bracket. Now they might not have Davis. So we'll see top half. It's uh, you know, the Illinois, is the one seed, they're going to play the potential winner of Michigan, Indiana, Michigan is very interesting. You can get them like uh, know, 28 to one. They're gonna got to win four games in four days. They, you know, they can compete with Illinois. They blew out Indiana at Indiana, but uh, you know, I, I'm curious to get BJ's thoughts on this because I'm actually conflicted on the big 10. I, I'm, like Rutgers to me, you can get Rutgers. What if they're twenty to one, and you can get Iowa at four to one? Now, why that's so interesting? Like Iowa is the five seed. They have to play a game before playing Rutgers. Rutgers has the double bye, and Rutgers is not as good as Iowa. They're not even close. But they beat Iowa early in the season. They're going to have the bye. Iowa is playing as well as anybody in this conference. So that, that's who I think is they're, they're gonna have to get through Rutgers, they're gonna have to get through Illinois. They should have beat Illinois on their home court last night, playing and Illinois was playing for everything. They just missed a bunch of free throws, which they never do. Keegan Murray is one of the best players in the country, so I like Iowa to get it done here. But from a, a value perspective, it's like Rutgers who's gonna grind the game to a halt, right? They're gonna be in the game, they have a great defense you get 20 to one and they're, they're, you know, they're the four seed and Iowa has to play a game before playing them. So BJ curious to get your thoughts on that dynamic.
1: Yeah. Uh, Iowa. Listen, I before the odds came out, uh, I was watching the game and I was like, man, with this loss, maybe we'll get Iowa at a decent number, maybe an eight to one or a 10 to one, but the market is clearly adjusted on Iowa. So with them having to play an extra game uh, four to one, there's, I just don't think there's really much value in taking the Hawkeyes and I love them. And they've obviously been playing, tremendously and I'm very confident in how they're gonna you know give Illinois a lot of problems but the thing with Rutgers you know they've obviously got a couple road wins but they're just unbelievable at the rack uh, I, I, the, anywhere away from there they tend to struggle a little bit so I was probably definitely gonna be favored over them in that one 20 to 1 is definitely a decent price for a team that's gonna get a buy in that round one team I'm kind of looking at is Chad you your alma mater Indiana at 25 to one is, is a little bit interesting to me. Uh, You know, their last game against Purdue, I listen throughout most of the season. I think what you could say is the body language from Indiana has been really bad. And it looks like the players, you know, maybe don't care that much. There's been some off court issues. It's been kind of a little bit of a mess in Woodson's first season, but that game against Purdue, they actually showed something. They showed a little bit of heart. They actually looked like they, they wanted to actually win the game. It's a, they're the number one uh, team in the big 10 in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency. It's just, can the offense get it going? Can they find some rhythm? They aren't shooting the ball very well from behind the arc, but if you look at shot quality, they're number one in the big 10 in open three point rate. They just have not been hitting them. They're only hitting around 32% from behind the arc so if the body language gets better this is a team that definitely has a ton of talent trace jackson davis one of the best big men in the conference parker stewart's an incredible three-point shooter and xavier johnson's a really good point guard so that first game against michigan is going to be very interesting if you kind of want to take one of these long shots one of those two is where i'm kind of looking because i agree stuck he Purdue's probably just going to walk to the final but i definitely don't want to take them at plus 220 so Michigan or Indiana is, is definitely where I'm looking at here in the big 10. And I think they'll give uh, Illinois definitely some problems uh, in the next yeah. round. Yeah. I, I
2: just don't try. I just don't think it's a great matchup for Indiana. I mean, I think they lost by like 25 at home because they, their guards can't take advantage of Michigan's, you know, lack of you know perimeter trouble on the defensive end. Um, and then obviously Michigan can match Indiana inside Chad, you're a big fan of the money line rollover. I think the Iowa is the is the prime candidate yeah. for that if you want to go Iowa. I mean, Iowa has to win four games in four days. Now they're deep. They have a, a really good bench. They're playing as well as anybody, but they're going to, have to beat like Northwestern is a decent team, Rutgers, and then potentially Illinois and then Purdue and, i mean Your, your money the money on the rollover is going to pay more than 5 to 1 on that. Um but uh yeah, they're my pick to win it. They're playing as uh As well as anybody, and and BJ as an Iowa fan, we'll see we'll see this year if uh, a a peaking Iowa team late in the season doesn't just take a big fat dump in the first game of the NCAA tournament. They haven't
1: gone to the Sweet 16 in my lifetime, so it would be very nice if they could finally do that. Because last season was the time that they were supposed to do it, and they laid a massive egg against Oregon. So I'm I really really like this team. Keegan Murray is one of the more fun iowa players in my lifetime uh so i'm i'm very i'm weirdly way more confident them as like a seven or six seed this season
2: than i was last year as a two seed the uh, i'm really coming on too which has been yeah enormous
0: illinois is one of those interesting teams where they keep they keep getting national credit and national attention as one of the better teams and i feel like the only time i hear about them this year is when they have an unexpected loss
1: the, the loss has pretty much all been on the road. Like they obviously, you know, they lost the rack. They've had a couple slip ups. It's a, it's an interesting thing. Obviously Kofi's incredible and they have a ton of three point shooters around him. And when they're hitting those shots, they almost look unbeatable. But the problem is, is that in big 10 play, their three point shooting has gone down a tick. They're only shooting around 35% when in like non-conference, I'm pretty sure they were close to around 40%. So if that three point shooting isn't there and, you know, Kofi gets into foul, tr- foul trouble, then that's when things start to head kind of, you know, snowballing downhill. Um, but I mean, their price of plus 370 there, I, there's, I don't think there's really much value in taking them, but like you said, yeah, I mean, they've had a couple big wins, but, you know, losing twice to Purdue um, and then uh, a couple other bad losses are, are kind of, you know, a little bit shocking, but, you know, they're still one of the best teams in the country.
0: The Players' Championship is back with one of the best fields in golf. And now you can take a shot at the Island Green with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get 30 to 1 odds on Justin Thomas, two-time major winner Colin Morikawa, or Olympic gold medalist Xander Shoffley to make the cut at the Players. That's right. If any of these players make the cut at TPC Sawgrass, you win $150 on a $5 bet. I like all three of these guys, and especially a guy like Morikawa is overwhelmingly likely to make the cut. There's no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel Sportsbook, so step up to the T and take a swing at betting the Players' Championship. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app with promo code FAVORITES to get 30 to 1 odds on JT, Morikawa, or Shoffley to make the cut at the players. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour, must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanDuel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 next step or text. Next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Big 12. They've had a very inconsistent year. You're talking about Baylor. You're talking about Kansas. What is the handicap in the Big 12, BJ?
1: Yeah, it's. I don't really have much interest in taking the top four uh, seeds. Kansas is is very weird. They've had a ton of close calls this season. They're they're obviously one of the best uh, offenses in the country. But you know, at two to one, obviously this is a you know they're going to be playing in Kansas City, so it's essentially a home tournament for them. But at two to one, I have no interest in betting them. Baylor, they lost their best interior defender, Chua, middle of the season, and they're also one of the worst teams at defending at the rim, so that's problematic for them. Texas Tech is starting to fade down the stretch. One team I'm kind of looking at as a long shot is Oklahoma at twenty to one. They're starting to come on here. They've won three straight down the stretch, and their first round matchup against Baylor is a really good one. So I just mentioned Baylor's one of the five worst teams in defending at the rim. Well, Oklahoma is sixth in the country in two point field goal percentage and around shooting around 60% on shot attempts at the rim. So it's a really good matchup for them here in the first round. And, you know, you obviously look at Texas, then Texas, I feel very similar to them. How I feel about Tennessee is that analytically they grade out really, really well in terms of defense and offense. But there are just times where you watch Texas and they just go through these shooting slumps that just take them completely out of the game. So. They're one of the teams I'm going to potentially be avoiding. You know, Kansas also is one of the streakier teams uh, in, in the in the whole country. So they could fall flat and lose here in the, in the second round, or they could, you know, breeze all the way through the tournament. But Oklahoma, a team that's starting to kind of come on, especially at a good price of 20-1 to 1 with a pretty good match against Baylor in the first round, uh, I think the Sooners do have a little bit of value here in the tournament. Stucky,
2: agree or disagree? Yeah. Uh, I probably would disagree. It's be, it's, I think it's going to be hard for Oklahoma to get it done. Um, and then I think Baylor ends up walking to the final because they must be salivating for another. They lost twice to Texas Tech this year in two close games. And Texas Tech's kind of headed in there. I, don't, I just don't trust their offense. But Kansas is very vulnerable. I, I, they, just if you watch them, there's just something that's just not right on the defensive end with this team. They can get bullied a little bit inside at times. TCU did that twice. TCU beat them bad at, at, at TCU. Then the net, they played two games in a row. Kansas, after getting embarrassed, comes home, they come out, the crowd insane, one of the best home court advantages in all college basketball, they go up double digits. TCU fights all the way back. That game went right down to the wire with Mike Miles, one of the best players in the country, if you haven't seen him for TCU. He was in massive foul trouble the entire game. TCU, the number one offensive rebounding team in the country, just extremely physical the, so, look, I think that they can beat Kansas in the semifinals. It's a, it's a good matchup for them. Miles is incredible. The problem is TCU, for whatever reason, it just didn't match up well with Texas during the regular season. They lost both meetings fairly easily, so it's like a little conundrum there. If you can find like 25, 30 to 1 on TCU, just three games in three days, I, I think that they can certainly make a run here. Um, because I think that they match up with well with Kansas. And who knows? Kansas could, could go down to Kansas State um, if Kansas State is hitting their threes. So, yeah, I think TCU is the sleeper. I think Baylor gets there. Um, but Kansas is the vulnerable team. And you might hear a myth this year. You'll hear this every year around this time. Of year, that It's hard to beat a team three times in uh, the conference tournaments, teams that swept the regular season. Over the past 30 years, teams that swept the regular season have actually covered at 52%. A 52% clip um, in the conference tournament. So that is a myth. Uh, just uh, most time, there's a reason that the team got swept. It's because it's maybe not a great matchup. There are exceptions with injuries and things of that nature. Uh, but just thought I'd throw that out there. So, yeah, if you're looking for – some of these are just fun. Like, you know, 30-1, to 1, a 25-1. to 1. TCU doesn't shoot a lot of threes, which I don't like. Uh, but they just get a ton of offensive rebounds. But there, some of these are fun. So if you want to throw a flyer on – You know, a four day tournament in the Big 12, which should be fun. Um, and for TCU, it's gonna be a three day tournament. I'd go with Horn Frogs, Jamie Dixon Uh, coach.
0: Okay, rapid fire, because there's three conferences I want to get to still. One sort of a, a big five uh in the Pac 12. Um actually, there's four I want to get to Pac 12, Big East, and then two wild cards. Uh BJ. One sentence on the Pac-12.
1: It's hard to look away from Arizona at minus 120. They are incredibly difficult to beat, and I don't see any really team uh, competing with them in the Pac-12. Stucky, Pac-12.
2: Yeah, it would have been Oregon, but they faded on the stretch. Richardson, their their leading scorer, might not even play. If you want to throw a dart, Washington State.
0: Big East. Stucky, you start.
2: Uh, I think... Providence is being disrespected here. They're kind of like the the team that everyone hates for good, you know, in the analytics community for for good reason. They've been one of the luckiest teams in the country. They win every game by one to five points. But here's the thing: that's all you needed to do in a conference tournament. Win games by one to five points. That'll work. And they, you know, they're like five to one. They're the they're the one seed, by the way. And like UConn is three to like plus three fifty. UConn's on the same side of the bracket. Is Villanova, who's the best team in this conference. And I, like, it just makes no sense to me because people hate, I just, people have started to absolutely hate Providence. So I think that you're potentially getting some value on them. And then in their half of the bracket, you have a bunch of teams that are either fading or dealing with injuries. So I think that their path to the final is incredible. If you're looking to take uh, a, uh, a flyer here, I would maybe look – look, St. John's and DePaul are both going like this. It's really sad that they both have to play each other in the first round, and one of them is going to have to go on a big run here. Um, but St. John's is a really interesting team. They have incredible talent with Pasha, Alexander, Champagne. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're really talented team. They kind of impose their will on you. They muck up the game with their pressure. And they've given Villanova fits in recent years. They took – you know, they, they have two really close games against Connecticut this year. They're, they're an interesting flyer. They'll have to win the tournament to get in to the dance. Um, so if you're looking for a dart there, it's St. John's. But I think the values of Providence at 5-1 to one in that top half of the bracket as the one seed um, with, with a bunch of teams that are fading. Like Creighton lost their point guard. and um, I, I, So I think Providence has the value. St. John's is the dart. BJ? Yeah, I think the market
1: has overreacted a tad bit to Providence. I agree really with Stucky at five to one. There, one team if they actually uh, looked inter- if they looked interested, Xavier at twenty to one is a little bit interesting. A team that can score at a high rate inside, defends well in the half court, but lost four or five down the stretch, especially the game against St. John's. The body language is really, really bad, and even you, Travis Steele, even said it in the press conference. So, uh, who knows? Maybe a conference tournament breathes new life into them, uh, and they actually. Uh, look like they want to play. And if they can, they're they're one of the better teams in this conference and definitely, I think, have a little bit of value at 20 to 1.
0: The last two I want to talk about, uh, and I asked you guys before we came on, we can go through sort of the big players in college basketball, but the beauty of the conference tournaments is how exciting it gets with teams nobody's been paying attention to all year, except for maybe you guys. These are great precursors to March Madness where people can start to think about who are the teams I need to pay attention to for brackets? What are the opportunities for some of those C teams that will be seated between, you know, ten and sixteen? Um, BJ, let's start quickly with the Mountain West.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a probably one of the more interesting conference tournaments out there. You have about uh, about five teams that I think really have a good chance of actually winning the tournament. Uh, if you love offense, you might want to stay away from this conference because there's a lot of teams in here like Boise State, San Diego State, that are just incredible defensive teams but just play slow paces and just muck up those type of games. Wyoming, for a lot of the season, was one of the luckier teams, but they've kind of started to regress towards where they should be, and they're still one of, I think, potentially the best team in this conference. You can get them at currently at 6-1. to They have an interesting match against UNLV in the first round, and then they'll play Boise State. Who they did struggle with in one meeting, but they were without one of their leading scorers. So, uh, especially in that top half of the bracket, I think Boise State is the one seed is pretty vulnerable. Um, Colorado State is also interesting. They, uh, for a lot of the season, were winning a lot of close games. We're a tad uh, overrated as, as a two seed, but Uh, You know, there's even teams like Utah State at 11 to one who went through a lot of injuries and have gotten a lot of those really a lot of their best players back and they could definitely make a run. So if you want to take a a long shot, I think Utah State is probably uh, the play here. But if you want to go by Stucky's money line rollover system, I think any of the the teams that you know are below six to one, definitely you're probably going to get a better price at, at rolling them over. Stuck,
0: now he's now he's piggybacking off the money line rollover.
2: Yeah, but Matt, you mentioned some of the best players in the, in the country. Matt West has some of them. Um, like David Roddy for Colorado State is incredible. Matt Bradley for San Diego State. Orlando Robinson for Fresno is a first-round draft pick. Um, you know, Bryce Hamilton for UNLV is amazing. Could take over a game at any point in time. It's just up and down. They have four teams that are in the tournament. They have four at-larges. If someone else that's not in it, like you're going to see Boise State, you're going to see Colorado State, you're going to see Wyoming and San Diego State, San Diego State number one defense in the country. Um, they're already in. This could be a five-bit league. This tournament's going to be incredible. But I think that it's worth taking a shot. There's a lot of teams that underperformed. Nevada, for example, they took San Diego State to the wire in their two meetings. They're now healthy. And a lot of people before the year thought that they could win this conference. Um, you know, you have you know, two great guards in Sherfield and Cambridge. You have, you know, a couple seven-footers in their lineup. Warren Washington's back. They're dangerous. I think you can find like an 80, 90 to one. I took some of that personally. UNLV, UNLV plays Wyoming in the first round. UNLV has a real shot to win this and go to the dance. They were 28 to one to win this two weeks ago. They're now nine to one. And uh, they're, they're going to start with a Wyoming team. They just dominated at home. They're going to play them again. I think they win that game. Um, and they're going to get a Boise team that they can beat. So, I, you know, if you want to have some fun, UNLV, I'd sprinkle a little on UNLV and a little on Nevada. They're both in the top half. Um, but I think that there's a real chance that the Mountain West gets another bid because you have these four teams that are really good that are already in. And then you have these other teams that dealt with injuries and or are just surging late. Um, just, it's going to be an incredible conference tournament, actually the one I'm looking forward to more than any other one.
0: Well, team no sleep is going to get a lot of training during conference championship week uh, when you're staying up for the Mountain West journey stuck. Finish us off with the a 10
2: yeah, eight ten. You're you're probably gonna get. You know, I think VCU is gonna be in. Davidson's gonna be in. I think the bet here is Bonnie's five six. To, if you can find five to one or better, that's kind of my strike price. This Bonnie's team before the year, people thought that they should be ranked clear favorite in the team in, in the conference. Excuse me, and they just completely underperformed. Some teams just didn't have it this year. Buffalo is one of them. Bonnie's all seniors. High expectations, a lot of talent, didn't have it. But of late, something happened, and they figured it out. They're playing their best basketball of the year. They need to win this the uh, A tournament to get in. You're getting a really experienced team that I think has a pretty favorable matchups against the teams that they're going to face. You, know, you A St. Louis team who can be tricky looked good against them. They can beat Davidson, kind of out-physical them. This is kind of just like, all right, We're rolling right now, and this is our chance. Bunch of seniors on Bonnie's. Um, I think that's the move in the A-10. BJ? Yeah, I agree. It's either Bonnie's or or Richmond's also kind of interesting
1: team. They have really good guard play. They've been underachieved a little bit. They're going to play VCU uh, in the the quarterfinals, team that's pretty vulnerable, really good defensively, but struggles uh, on the offensive end of the floor. Davidson, uh, I think, is the best team in this conference. They shoot the ball incredibly well. So if you see them in the tournament, uh, they they can just shoot the lights out on you. So Richmond at seven to one, or seven and a half to one, or uh, Saint Bonaventure. Yeah,
2: I like agree. Stuck. stuff. Yeah, five to one. Is probably the way to go in the A ten. Yeah, those are both those are both teams. That, the one problem with with Bond is have zero depth, like like at all. Uh, they're three hundred fifty eight dead last in bench minutes, which can be a problem. You know, over the course of a, a short period of time, when you're playing a couple games. But, you know, I think that they, they rally. But Richmond and St. Bonaventure, same story. Like, a bunch of seniors, really experienced team, underperformed. A lot of people thought both were going to be tournament teams. This is kind of their chat. So I like targeting a lot of those teams that are kind of disappointed, that are veteran teams, underachieved, and then, you know, this serves as a restart. In the case of Bonnie's, it in addition to that, they're, you know, you're know you seeing them kind of trend up and surging ahead of this tournament, which uh, I like to see in their big man Who got hurt looked great last game, which is enormous because they basically only play with five guys.
0: Guys, as Howard Stern likes to say, you've said it all. ACC down, SEC up, Big 10 inconsistent, Big 12 down. Mountain West might be the best conference in all the land. Virginia Tech is a nice looking long shot. You got some money line rollovers in Alabama and Iowa. TCU maybe at 25 to one. Providence, five to one. Xavier at 20 to one taking a little taste everywhere we can get it. That's what we're doing here at the favorites podcast on the volume podcast network for BJ Cunningham for Stucky. Listen to more in-depth college basketball coverage, big bets on campus podcast. We will be back on Thursday, me and Simon Hunter talking about NFL free agency. Download the podcast from podcast from Spotify rate review, subscribe feedback as a gift no matter what your feedback is. Give us the five stars. Say whatever you want to say. Until Thursday, love you.